Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. What up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curb Queen. Yeah, I was DJ Damage. Okay, so because of the coronavirus, I'm not able to have this interview in the studio that we would all love to have because we need yes. that energy. Uh, cultural mm -hmm. and hip-hop icon Dame Dash. In the building. Hi, Dame. Hey, how you doing? I'm you're, good. You're one of the best people to interview. And I was sitting here this morning watching all of your previous interviews, and I'm like, man, how do we make this even half as good as Nick Cannon's conversation or some of these others? But I kind of feel like every interview you do, you always got something new to talk about, and you really are the definition of not giving a fuck. I appreciate you noticing that. Thank you. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's always some new things happening, you know, and as I evolve and as I learn things, I try to teach it. And every time I have a platform, I try to use it to sort of help the people that I love, which is my culture. So I just try to teach them the things I learn. I try to, you know, expose people by name who I feel have hurt me and hurt others, you know, and I try to fight for those that won't fight for themselves. That's just how I'm built and wired. But but that but that takes a lot of courage because I think where where I look at you and look up to you is in building my brand Hollywood Unlocked. I've done it all on my own, so I don't have the fear of the industry politics. You know, if I say this, I'm gonna piss off this group. If I say that, I'm gonna lose this. And I look at you as kind of being um, the blueprint for that. Like you really, when you say you name names, you say it so people get it, and there's no gray area. And that comes from a that has to come from a place of courage, though. Well, here's the thing. What I've noticed since a very young age is the whole world is controlled by fear. And fear is what makes people not make their dreams become realized. Fear stops you from doing things you enjoy because you're worried about what other people think. You know, fear of credit, fear of getting bad grades, fear of not having a job, fear of not making someone happy that you don't like so that they won't pay you or will pay you. So I've eliminated that from my whole emotion. The only thing that scares me is fear. And when I feel it, it makes me angry. I'd rather be angry than scared. And it's a very temporary thing for me if I feel it at all. So I think if people would just function without fear, being cautious makes sense, being respectful makes sense, make, having honor leads your action. And at the end of the day, if you're fighting for love, you have nothing to fear. Love protects you. If you're fighting for yourself, then you have a lot to fear. If you're fighting for self-preservation and if you're only thinking about, you know, if you can afford a two-seater car or one a, 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 a studio apartment, you're only thinking about yourself. You know, when you think about business, you don't think only about you. It's, you think about the people that are helping you make your dreams come true. They actually come first. Your dreams become their dreams. When you win, they win. When, when you're fighting for something other than yourself, if love is the, is the factor that you're fighting for, there should never be fear to fight for what you love. Absolutely. Mm. You've talked, um, I've watched a few of your interviews. I mean, me and Dame go back a long time, like 20 years. Um, we were, That's my, well, hold on, that's my support? Yeah. Oh shit, I didn't even see that. What's happening? Hey boo, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We go like we literally go back 20 years. We were on that yacht during Big Pimpin' um, when he started doing yeah, that pouring that, champagne thing on was, girls. That was definitely a different. That was definitely a different game ago, and I apologized years ago for that. 
You did. No, you did. I wanted to acknowledge the 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 shift. There's there's definitely been a shift. Um, and you are a fascinating interview. You know, like from being somebody who's like a friend, I can also remove myself and watch your interviews as somebody is a student and a fan. And one of the things that I've liked most about um what you said, and I think it was an interview that you did with Nick Cannon, was when you talked about people being a slave to patterns. Um, and how habitual, um, you know, people can be and how that kind of imprisons us. Um, you know, in considering what we're all going through now as a collective with coronavirus, you know, being home and now we're, ha we're having to discover what our new normal might be. Um, what's some advice that you can give to people who might have to just completely redesign their lives once we get out of this? Well, number one, they should embrace it you know, the majority of us don't love our lives. So a change mm. should be welcome. And the thing about change is a lot of people are lazy and they would rather be miserable than do something that's unknown to them. So mm. sometimes you have to be pushed into a situation that you might not think is comfortable. And at the end of the day, it'll be better for you. So mm. what I believe is, and what I've been actually telling people for the last 10 years is learn how to make something that gives you residual income so you can make money by the pool. Mm -hmm. You've known me for the last 20 years. 10 of that, Rockefeller was not in my life at all. Mm -hmm. I wasn't coming outside and I was getting money by the pool. Mm -hmm. I had readjusted my whole business model to facilitate what's going on right now. You see, the thing about entertainment is traditionally it's recession proof, but it's not pandemic proof. See, when there's a recession, people want to escape. They go to the club, mm -hmm. they go to uh, performances, they go to the movies. But right now, you can't do any of those things. Music streaming is actually down. But what is recession proof is things that people can enjoy from their house. Mm -hmm. Content is, is, is pandemic proof. Mm -hmm. what, 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 uh, liquor is pandemic proof. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pandemic proof. I happen to be in that, that category of content. And I've been preparing for this moment, even not knowing that it happened. Really what it means is if you're independent and you've been independent, you don't have so much concern because you're not worried about somebody telling you what to do. Now, if you haven't been independent for the last 10 years, you're only concerned about what is my boss going to say? When's the next time someone's going to give me a check? And what am I going to sell now? Mm -hmm. Right? So I've been preparing for this moment where everyone else's numbers are down Streaming services, which is the business I'm in, content, yeah. which is the business I'm in, it's all up. Yeah. And that's why I launched my own television network and my own streaming service. And also, I'm disgusted with the Wii channel. I'm disgusted with E1. I don't like the fact that for us to tell our stories, we have to go through a white production company or else a network will not hire us. And I'm sick of that shit. So instead of just complaining about it, I'm going to bring awareness to it. I'm going to call out names like Tara Long, Tara Long from E1. I'm saying her name. I'm saying from We Channel. I just be forgetting her last name. Mm -hmm. but her name is Lauren something. Gillard. Gillard. Lauren Gillard from We Channel. Mark Hedwick, who's a nerd, who wears H&M suits and tries to front like they're, they're, he's an off the rack kind of guy. And he has the nerve to try to tell a boss what to do. And I hate the fact that I watch all these people that aren't from my culture get promoted every time they capture our dysfunction. So instead of complaining about it, 
I started my own network. I make my own content. I have my own studio, which is fully functioning right now. And I'm still making content in a safe way because I own the cameras and I can distribute. So where they're frozen, I'm not. Okay. Where they're weak, I'm strong. Okay, so they- And it's time. I'm taking that block. I want the We channel. I, I, I want everyone to really see how racist they are. And I've made content that's better than theirs. And all we have to do is stick together and support, and we will be okay. Now, and we'll come out of stronger than we could. Now, Trust me on that. Now, somebody over at uh, We TV told me that I know uh, somebody that's affiliated with We TV told me that We TV is the new Death Row Records. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I would say that uh, We TV is an old business model. And right now, I'm putting them out of business because it's going to be a new day. And I would say, if you're going to compare them to anybody, don't compare them to a a black company because no black company has been able to exploit another culture the way we channel and we TV is exploiting us. You know, Death Row was putting out music and they were putting out music from their point of view and their people were putting out, they had partners. But this isn't even that. You understand? This is other people laughing at us that aren't from our culture and making money from it and profiting from mm-hmm. the dysfunction and trying to make legends look like peons. Mm-hmm. They're trying to normalize us. Okay. You know, instead of showing the positive, they show the negative. What I noticed is they would actually be in my, in my studio, my 6,000 square foot facility in Burbank, and they would never say it. They would actually have it calling at my house. I'd be like, yo, why are you editing it like that? Why is it that you're trying to make me look like I'm not doing nothing today? Like I need y'all. Like I'm not only here, but you know, and I just know that they're doing that to everybody and it just has to stop. Mark, you gotta stop fronting. You're a nerd. But don't you feel- You know, the Tari is black. This was his idea. And the first two years I saw him, and after that, I only saw him at the parties. Mm. And all I saw with other people from other cultures be getting elevated and getting, I'm ready, I'm reading Deadline and I'm like, oh, this one just got promoted. They didn't do shit. All they did was trick us. So do you include Datari Turner? That's who you're talking about in, in your ire in this? In this um, no, but I, I'm using him as an example of how they rob us. Okay. This is Datari's idea. And Tara Long is getting all the credit for it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, got that, it, got it. And that's, that's the process. Yeah. We have an idea, and we have to go to a production company, partner up with them, because they'll say, yo, WeTV won't even talk to you. Mm. And then when I did do business with WeTV as a production company, they gave me a, a severely disgusting low budget. Mm-hmm. They didn't think I could deliver. I over-delivered. They didn't think that I could deal with the deliverables I delivered everything and they said they were going to green light it. But when I did everything, which they thought I couldn't, and then I put a lawsuit on E1, oh, we're not doing it. All right, I'm putting y'all out of business. OG stories. I'm putting it out next week on Friday um, on Dame Dash Studios and DTV. I have a 24-hour network. Mm. I'm beaming currently over the air in Charlotte. And I'm not even going to talk about the deals I got on the table. So back in the music business, I was mad about the way they treated us. I started my own label. I changed the whole game. Now I'm tight about how they treated us in television. I'm changing that game. And I'm not just going to complain. I'll just do it myself. I've done it myself. 
I walk it like it, talk it. I invest my money in me, and I fight for what I believe in. So the We Channel is about them channel. That's the racist TV channel. Mm. This is the Us channel, Dame Dash TV. Stories made by us, told by us. And we get the money, we get the credit, and we control the narrative. And if you notice, my fights are never with my culture. I do what nobody does. I take on everybody by myself that nobody will take on. I see a lot of tough people kissing a lot of people's ass that are nerds. So they be tough in the street. They be quick to fight someone with their own color. But mm. as soon as somebody white come through the door, they scared to death. Is there and anybody they all in particular about you want to name? I'm the only one that fights them. I don't fight us. I take them on by myself. And I've been doing it. This is nothing new. So I took Leo down. I got, he has a desk job now. I kicked him out the music business. Y'all can say I didn't. I know I did. He won't even try to, he won't even acknowledge. He won't even say my name because he knows I benched him. And I exposed him. He's out the game. Now he has to run behind uh, YouTube stars. He does no longer in music, period. And he's still trying to do what he's done and exploit that thing. But he's out. So I don't be playing. Mm -hmm. I'm not even in the music business. I shake up an industry and I start a whole nother one on my own. And my own culture be the people that be fighting me the most. But that's but that, that, shit, that was the question I was gonna ask. That was the question I was gonna ask though. Don't you feel to some degree, and, and I and I feel every single word and syllable that you said because I've mm -hmm. been fighting my own, right? Like, oh, we love your show, we wanna produce it, but we wanna change the name so we can own it. Like I get it, right? But my question to you is the dinosaurs in the industry that look like us, that don't want to bring in other people, that don't want to create opportunities with other like-minded people of color, aren't they a part of the problem too? Because it's almost like you in the master's house and you running shit, you 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 managing the, the, the field niggas, but you are still us in there with them. 100%. I'd be so disappointed when I see one of us do their bidding. When I see one of the, one of us trick us for them, mm -hmm. you know? That used to be my problem with Kev Lyles. I'd be like, yo, you doing Lior's bidding? You, you the same color uh, as me or, my, or Mike Kaiser. I'd be like, how are you gonna do their bidding? You are colors like a black cop shitting on us. But that's the self-preservation where you're like, yo, because of this environment, we have, that's what they're programming us to do for us to rob each other for them. And they always make the most money when we kill each other. They make the money, not us. And we got to stop that shit. So yeah, black people and people of open-minded, culturally like-minded people, stop turning the, the, the blind eye. Have some pride. Self-preservation gets you nowhere. Love someone before you love yourself. Fight for somebody besides yourself like I do. Because that's what I do. Like people around me get rich and they still be mad at me. But you can't say you don't come around me and get rich. You understand what I'm saying? And I still fight for those that robbed me. And no matter how many times someone robbed me, I feel that's my test. Either way, I'm going to still give love. My whole existence on this planet as a strong black man, as a king, is to fight for people that won't fight for themselves. And I've been doing it for 20 years. When it wasn't popular, I was doing it. So nothing I'm saying, I wasn't saying 20 years ago. Melissa knows mm. me. So even when I was being young, I still had an independent nature I still made sure others were employed, mm. made money. You know how many families I put through college? Now, to mm. piggyback off of that, Dame, I think, you know, in this current time and we're looking at social media, a lot of people are complaining about their deals and things they signed years ago. And you, and during your era, no one has came out and ever said you have wronged them. 
uh, when it comes to contracts and people signing these deals in the game, do you feel like it's business as usual? That's the business tactic. You know, everybody signs a bad deal first and then, you know, evolves out of it. What is your whole mindset on these deals? Because, you know, rather you look at it 20 years ago or today, it's still happening. These bad record contracts and TV contracts. Okay. The difference between me and every other executive on the other side was I could take advantage, but I wouldn't. So human nature, if you get a kid, he's 17 years old and you wave a paper bag, of course he's going to sign that deal. When he gets older, he's going to be more mature and he's going to realize what happens. These people say, okay, I got to rob him. He let me rob him. So I robbed him. But what should happen is they should say, look, son, because I've been like my first experience was um, in the music business was with the Future Sound and Original Flavor. I signed them to contracts, and I'm not even going to say the lawyer's name out of respect because they passed, they've died. But they had me give contracts to Ski and other artists where I had their publishing, the production deals. And when I became aware of it, I voluntarily gave them all of their rights back and fired those lawyers. I just can't consciously rob somebody because I could. You know, I actually have empathy for people because I know the fight. So for me, I'd be like, yo, if someone that knew, if I would have stepped right there, would have told me, I wouldn't have stepped right there. I would have appreciated that person because I wouldn't have had to learn through time, experience, and pain. But what I see is a lot of different things that look like they're painful come my way so that I could deal with them and other people that are weak can learn from them. So now I embrace those challenges because I know that I'm strong enough to deal with all of this punk bubblegum shit that they've thrown at me. I haven't had to come outside in 10 years and I'm still relevant. I'm still making new product. The things I'm selling right now have nothing to do with what I was doing years ago. And I'm proud to lead by example. I'm proud to be patient with my principles. I'm proud that 20 years ago I said be independent and when everyone else was like, don't do that, don't get mad at them, don't do, I mean, and I still stuck to my guns. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself that when everyone was like, when I was making paid in full and barking on the Weinsteins and they were like, don't do that, woo woo woo. And they kept, people kept working with that dude and I stuck to my guns. So I'm proud, and I know that real honor is being, it also comes with being patient. It comes with, you can't really test somebody's principles unless you're really tested. Mm -hmm. And every principle has been tested. People have given me the opportunity to rob artists, rob people, take advantage of them, and each test that's been put in front of me, I've passed. And I feel good about that. I feel stronger than ever. I'm crispy, and my future is bright. I'm used to moving in the war. I'm used to social distancing. I've been doing that shit for 10 years. So everything everybody's doing now, I've been preparing for it. But here and I didn't even realize because I'm honorable, because I have respect for culture, I'm protected even now in the pandemic. So I if I'm if, if I safe and don't be, you know, stupid and run outside and catch the shit because so, I'm diabetic too. So I went to um, Kindle because I want to get Culture Vulture, your book, before I, I wanted to be able to read it before I interviewed you and I'm, yeah. I saw you online talking about an issue with WeTV that I felt that I felt deeply because I've had my own experiences with people wanting to own me and I love this independence. I love controlling my own voice. I love controlling my whole company, my brand, but 
So I wanted to talk today, but I do want to talk again when I have a chance to recalter vulture. Let me ask you this, because this really comes from a place of trying to understand the complexity of this topic. Are you more frustrated with the white people who are who are who are the puppeteers controlling this this experience that we're talking about, or the other black dinosaurs of the industry that are in power positions, whether they're really powerless, but they're in powerful positions who refuse to open up or create a conversation for stuff like this to actually come to the surface. Because I was watching Joe Budden and um, Lupe Fiasco talk on live the other day, and Lupe was saying, you know, I'm not doing music anymore until, you know, we need to form a union. And I've been calling LL Cool J and this and this and that. And I'm like, I work for a union. I know what that requires. That requires everybody to get on one page. And as long as people are waving millions of dollars in the top dog's faces, I don't ever see that happening in this culture. What, where do you place the blame? Is it on us for allowing it to happen or them for doing it? Both. It's equal. Um, we're aware of the patterns that they implement amongst us to divide us, but we continue to do it, you know? And what's crazy is it's picked up. It's gotten worse. So almost once a year for the last five years, we've lost somebody in hip hop, someone's gotten killed. It wasn't that rapid before, or someone's dying from an overdose. It wasn't that rapid before. The problem is the patterns are getting stronger, not weaker. And the more you're conscious of something, the more you become responsible. And the karmic situation that's happening now is we're being hit harder. Mm. It's all karmic, you know? So yeah, I'm definitely completely in the moment, like this dude, Chris Brown, the lawyer, he's a black guy that actually is representing white people that are trying to rob me and making up things. I'm completely disgusted with him. Disgusted with what he represents. Disgusted with his past, the people before him that's doing what he does, how selfish it is. And then I look at that guy, I look at the way he dresses. He dresses terrible. <laughs> he looks, he, he eats unhealthy. There's no people around him that love him. You know, he's miserable. He's sweating. He's, he always has the Dunkin' Donuts mug <laughs> next to him. Like, he, you know, of course this guy is, is, is going to be, you know, aloof foulness. He's toxic. But that does disgust me in that moment. And what disgusts me is the people that continue to live vicariously through other people. And they turn the blind eye every time that person robs them every time that person deceives them just because they want to beat them. It disgusts me when people, you know, veer away from their principles. Like if you were drug dealer your whole life, mm -hmm. you know, you have certain principles. And when you're not a drug dealer and you'll mess with somebody that's snitching just for the money, I just, I, those things, they, those things actually, not only, it's not that it frustrates me, I just don't understand it. It's just not logical to me. But I know one thing, I don't care what everyone's doing. I'm always just gonna do what I believe is correct as long as I don't hurt nobody. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is preaching love and I just want people to recognize that don't mm -hmm. be fighting us. 
I see a lot of dumb shit amongst us that I don't say nothing about because I don't believe we should be embarrassing us. But I'm going to embarrass them. They deserve it. You know, like I ain't going to beat, I'm not going to chastise my kids in front of anybody. They, they, that's not for the world to see. My culture, we can deal with our shit internally. But those dudes need to be embarrassed. Those mm -hmm. dudes need to, to tread lightly when they make money with our culture. You know, they need to show us some degree of respect. They should not be so brazen. Dane, but me, they're brazen. Dane, Just look at every reality show and look at every black reality show and look at every production company behind it. And know that first, it came from someone black and they tried to do it on their own and the network said, no, go partner up with somebody from another culture or we will not talk to you. And we... There's a skim that goes on with the production company where they overcharge you for editing bays, mm. shit they already say they rent. And I could get into that. Mm. But these networks know that they're doing it, but they still hire them. Almost like, yo, do it. And then these people underpay everyone in our culture and say, yo, you could get money by doing appearances in the strip club or going through a club and risking your life there for shorties. But, you know, do this for nothing. You could build your brand. But your brand is based on ignorance. The more dumb shit you do, the more famous you get. That's true. Amen. So the buffoonery has to stop, and there has to be some kind of accountability internally. Like, we have to have pride. Like, we have to be like, oh, when we, when we take a shower or look in the mirror, you got to be all right with you. You can't be like, yo, I got, I got to do what I got to do for the money. Fuck with that's gonna that's gonna end up you're gonna be miserable. So, then you wonder why you have to take pills and you're depressed. So, and you wonder why I'm not. And you wonder why every time you see me, I'm laughing. And you never didn't see me and I wasn't laughing. So, but when I'm fighting, I fight ferociously. When I get in the ring, I get down. Dane. But before, other than that, I'm having fun. Let me ask you this, because you're not one who has struggled for money. You know what I mean? So I'm interested to find out like how this all started and what what it was that was said to reel you in to get you to join the cast of Growing Up Hip Hop for it to have come to I did it for my son. You did it for your son. My son. Okay. Okay. And, and, and what I, I, and I, I what took, what initially did they promise you know, promise you? Well, what they promised was that they would keep it respectful. Mm. What they promised was that they would showcase the good stuff, not the bad stuff. And if there was some bad stuff, only to, 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 to learn from it. Like, I don't hide nothing. And, you know, that's what they promised. Okay. And that's not what they did. Mm -hmm. And also, they disrespected me on a lot of different levels. Like, you know, Rocky and I lost a baby recently. They didn't give two fucks. You know, they pressed on and on. You know, you know what I mean? And, and all, Like, I'm talking about, like... They really showed their ass this time, but you know, I'm the type of guy that when I do take a shower, certain things bother me. And I was noticing that I was the shit was bothering me. I'm like, yo, it's these nerves, these fucking lames, these motherfuckers that pretend they tough or want to act like they're bigger than they are, pretend that somebody else's money is theirs and mislead us. And I, like the way Mark talks to us. Like to talk to it, like these people have done nothing. Mm. No corona, no corona. Shut up, these Dane. people have done nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> these people have done nothing to act like that. Mm. And just because they got a, a guarded plug, because they'll say, if you don't go through me, you can't be on television. Mm. It's like an unwritten law. This is the way we control the niggas. Mm -hmm. We wave money in they fucking in their face 
and we say, you take what we give you or else you can't come back out. You won't come out and we'll fuck your fucking brand up. And I'm not scared of that. And I ain't been scared of that. And I'm not letting no nerd do that shit to me. But they fucked with my kids too. I'm like, mm. yo, what would bother a man like me more than anything? Or any kind of real man? You fucking with my children. And so- My grown- And so first- So yeah, I'm fighting, I'm swinging, I'm going out. I got a lawsuit on them and I'm gonna publicly destroy them as legally as I possibly can by telling the truth. So first- But they got- So first- They got to go. Sending, uh, I mean, sorry about the loss of the child yes. too, because I, I don't want us oh, to man. transition without saying that. Don't even worry about that. We got over but, and it's good news. It's good news there. We, we're warriors. Don't worry. So the other day I interviewed Tamar Braxton on Quarantine Chronicles over at Hollywood Unlocked on our Instagram. And I just asked her like, you know, what's up with uh, uh, Braxton Family Values? And she just, she didn't really comment on it, but she kind of alluded to, it's just not fun anymore. Like it used to be where the family got together and it was real shit. Now it's just dividing the family even more. That's just me kind of summarizing what she said. And that's where I kind of dialed into what you were saying on Instagram. And then we reposted it. Um, do you think it's, is there a goal to show conflict in black families? Do you think? Bro, they created the conflict in my family, bro. Like they would literally have Boogie do some stupid shit and pay him not to tell me and to only tell me on the camera. Mm. It was crazy. It was crazy. And you know, again, a lot of the fault is my kids should be knowing better than mm -hmm. that shit too. But you know, I have issues with their mothers and it's hard, but they're taking advantage of that. They're taking advantage of kids when they're in an emotional state and they're young and they put a camera on them for money. And they actually like, literally my, my, the reason why I'm suing them is because, you know, Boogie was starting to have a problem with liquor and I was telling them don't have any scenes with liquor. Mm -hmm. And I see a scene where one of the cast members is asking him, does he want liquor? He said, I don't want no liquor. And she pushes him until he drinks. And since that scene, he hasn't been the same rehab, DUIs, and then when he gets the DUI, they pay him literally not to tell me until he gets in front of me. They paid him to lie to me. That's crazy. They told him, if you don't tell your father, we'll pay you. And then he, then he told me on the camera, I'm like, yo, are you serious? Like, like you told me this on a camera? And I didn't even beef because that's what they wanted. Then after that, I made it very clear. They made a verbal agreement with me. Do not have my child in a scene with a certain person because that person drinks in every scene. Mm -hmm. The next scene they did with him, they had her in there with a bottle of champagne in his face. That's a trigger. Mm -hmm. They did it intentionally. Then the next scene, they have um, uh, Brianna telling me that they did this to get my reaction in. And I have the back, the, the video of me kicking all of them out my house. I had the video of me telling them, yo, stop putting my son in scenes with liquor. And since then, he's been to rehab. Our relationship is tarnished. And that's been the storyline. Wow. And that's why I got a lawsuit against them. That's mm. terrible. Now, they ain't shit, bro. Like, I'm like, yo, you got kids. Why y'all keep doing this? And then when I asked the camera people, why are you even taping this? They, oh, we got, we, I just get it in my check. Nah, bro. If my son kills himself behind this, all of y'all got mm -hmm. a problem. I mean, y'all not going to get paid to capture mm -hmm. and, and trigger my son's death. 
Dame, if anybody, if anybody understands what you're going through currently, it's me. Like I've had a, I had a horrific incident happen to me while reality show cameras were taping to the point where people were confused as to, did you sign up for that, Melissa? And I was like, I could never have signed up for something like that. Signed up to have my life put in peril. You know, like I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I feel, I'm, I feel terrible for you that you and Boogie's relationship has taken a hit as a, res, as a result of this. Devastating hit. Me, it's crazy. But he's a man, yeah. and I appreciate, you, and I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying. You know, the thing is, you can't control the edit and the narrative. Mm-hmm. They so what they'll do is they'll make you think that they're doing something different, and then when they get into the editing room, it's something different. Mm-hmm. So the production. Will say, oh, we had to edit it different because the network said to do yep. it. And it's all bullshit. But at the end of the day, yeah, they love it. When we fight each other, kill each other, when we're in accidents, they love to dismantle and watch the whole process and get paid for yeah, it. Yeah, the train wreck. And, and, and you know what's mm. crazy? Once you put the camera on them, oh, stop, stop, stop. None of them want to jump in front of a camera which is why I'm going to make Lauren famous. <laughs> I'm going to make Ara famous. I'm going to make Mark famous. Mm-hmm. I want every single person that's seen us because of them to see them. And I want them to know how that feels. Right. You know what I mean? Damn. How it feels to be affected at home. Mm-hmm. When people, you know, I want people to go to their Instagram and give their opinion. Mm-hmm. When they see them in person, I want them to tell them how they feel. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because that's the life that we have to go through. And they get paid for it mm-hmm. and they exploit it and they make it where, like, if even if you sign up for that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But why we can't tell our stories? Yeah. Why we can't be the producers? Now, I ain't no can't. Fuck y'all. Yeah. I start my own network. I buy my own cameras. I got my story. I don't need to give it to you mm-hmm. to give it to somebody else that knows me. I could give it to somebody that knows me. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. And stop talking to me like that. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? So you you started your own subscription based uh, content distribution, um, correct? Like a Netflix and a and a twenty four hour network. And you also nope. have your own studio, right? I have a six thousand square foot studio in Burbank. I've had it for the last. Two okay. Years. So what is what is some of the stuff that you're producing? And uh, well, let's just say that reality TV is pursuing me again, but I want to maintain a level of control that I was robbed of. Okay. Any day, I got all the I got C300s, which is the cameras they use. I got Black Magic with Zeiss lenses. I got red cams, and I got the same editors that they hire. I, I, it's so easy to do. It's too easy. You could do mm-hmm. it. The kind of programming I have is the people that I know that I really believe in that are authentic. I let them tell their stories, but I have scripted. I have you know Raquel has her own show called Health as Well, mm-hmm. cooking show, yoga. I have Billy Carson. And that's uh, Forbidden Knowledge, talking about the Anunnaki's. I got the Yah Squad, and they're a, 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 a crew of, of people and, 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 and that inspire and do music. It's, it's ridiculous. Bishops and all that. You know, I have uh, um, Healing is Gangster. I have scripted TV. I just released a TV show um, that's scripted called uh, um, Dress to Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got OG stories, which I was going to put on the Wii channel, mm-hmm. which is better than anything that's on the Wii channel. Mm-hmm. But because they want to play, I'm going to put that out on Dang Dash Studios. I'm going to put that out next week. 
Mm-hmm. So I have script. I have, we went to my Anthony Bourdain kind of a series where we go around the world, find like-minded people, smoke weed, paint, make music. Holler! Thailand, I want to do. I want to do that. Once we're out of quarantine, please. make I. I don't care. You don't have to pay me. I. I need to do this. Anthony you Bourdain. I. He was my idol. Like I loved him. And, and I got American New, which is where we appreciate. Like Rocky does photo shoots with women in a very sexy, tasteful way. Mm-hmm. We have everything. We have everything. So yeah, yeah. Real quick, Dame, because you've been very um, fearless in calling out all the culture vultures. For for young black people out there that are artists or creatives, besides yourself, who are those, some of those people in the industry that we can trust? If there's any. Uh, I like Jason Jeter. Okay. You know, I like Jason Jeter. The thing about L.A. Reid is if you're in front of him, he'll cut a check. If you're in front of him, I wish he had the job that he used to have. Mm. He's always, you know what I mean? It's like everyone has their little shit with him. But, you know, overall, like, you know, I look at not the little things people do, the bigger picture. Yeah. The bigger picture, like, L.A. Reid was always the one that fought for me. He fought for me. And I always respected him for that. He always made sure I was all right when, when I was over there. Um... I don't really know who's in the industry now, you know? Thoughts on Irv you know, Gotti. He's he's a major content yeah. uh, producer right now. Um, thoughts on Irv? I, I have a personal issue with him, so, you know, he's okay. my brother. But, you know, he said some... Uh, I would prefer... Okay. You know... Uh, you know, Chris Gotti, his brother, is a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I love her, mm-hmm. but... There's some things, the way he moves, I wouldn't do, but we'll get to that. But I, again, he speaks our business sometimes publicly, and we don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, or we actually holler at me. So I want to ask a question that's a little bit off topic, but since you tend to typically answer everything, I want to see what you think about this. So, um, I don't know, a couple years ago, uh, I know you used to be married to Rachel Roy, right? Yeah. And there was the whole fight in the elevator with Solange and Jay, and people thought that he had had an affair with Rachel. I'm not getting into that. But what I could say is that I'm in a lawsuit with Rachel because she's been doing some really fucked up shit, her and tops and downs for the Rachel Roy product. You know, uh, I invested $6 million in that. It's been a $100 million company and they've been skimming. The clothing brand. Right, that's been mine. So Mm -hmm. uh, we're in a lawsuit right now. I just served her with a lawsuit and, you know, I got children with her. So you got to remember no matter what, I can't really say so much about my children's mother because it'll make my children uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And out of respect, out of respect for them, I can't really get into none of that dumb shit. Where but did you? I could, huh? No, go ahead, go ahead, damn, go ahead. I'm sorry. But what I could say is, you know, actually, no, nah, it's not. The, I'm not that kind of guy, bro. So what you were saying? Was what you, I was gonna say was where. I mean, you've always been like a very vocal person ever since I've seen come to know who you were over the years. I've always watched you and just you've always been like that. Like they say, bull in a china shop. Uh, I get accused a lot of uh, kind of shaking shit up, but probably not to the degree as you. Do you? Where did the courage come from to just confront everybody and everything and just be honest and put it all out there, regardless of the consequences? Well, I'm from my well. I'm from 1199, but I was like on 142nd Street for a long period of time. And these people, you know, this crew, it's where the lynch mob is. There's a lot of shit that went on. People should Google it. And 
these were very scary times and I wasn't scared in those times. So after you come from certain experiences, it's kind of hard for lanes and people that haven't been through the experiences or seen the things you've seen to scare you. But what we've always been taught in Harlem is to be independent, be fearless about what you believe in. And I just don't even, I told you, I just don't understand fear. You know, I just prepare. You know what I mean? And, and the things people are scared of are things that I generally wouldn't be scared of. Like, why would you be scared of what others, what somebody thinks? You know, like I, I have respect, like I ain't gonna walk into a jungle unprepared, but I'm not gonna be scared of what somebody think, or I'm not gonna be scared to, you know, be an individual where I think about, I, I have a, a point of view that the rest of the world doesn't. Those kind of things don't scare me. You know, going through life, and the problems that come with life, most people are embarrassed by those things. I'm right. a person that really, you know, has already digested that 100% of everybody goes through problems and no one's perfect. So why be embarrassed about having a problem as long as you're trying? See, the only thing to me that's embarrassing is if you're just getting punked. If, mm. you know, people are taking advantage of you and you ain't doing shit about it. But if you fighting as hard as you can, there's nothing embarrassing. There's no loss when you're going all out. The loss is when you don't try, you know, when you're accepting things, when you're a lame, when you fucking act like a tiger and you're a pussycat. That's where it becomes embarrassing. Or where you eat Dunkin' Donuts and wear H&M suits. <laughs> <laughs> that part. You know, and again, not only do I promote, you know, self-awareness and, and understanding our worth, I talk about being healthy, you know, I eat correct. That's why we have like, you know, I talk about being healthy mentally. That's why we have therapy on the show. That's why we have the health as well. I embrace my problems unapologetically. I'm diabetic type one since I'm 15. I know people that are embarrassed to even say they're diabetic, but I'll stab myself in the leg with a needle in front of the whole world. I don't give a fuck. Why am I being embarrassed about that? I'm, I feel more pride in the fact that I did all this shit while I'm diabetic. So I bring awareness. I don't think anybody's perfect. Imperfection is perfect. Anyone that presents himself as perfect is evil because they're lying. It doesn't exist. Facts. Well, Trump always says he's perfect. What do you think about him and how he's been handling this whole coronavirus bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Look on his face. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Trump is he's entertaining as fuck, right? And there's some serious issues that the, the country has that people think are in his control, but Congress is in control, the Senate is in control. You know, getting a law passed is the only way to really understand, you know, what really affects things. And a lot of times Trump doesn't get a lot of laws passed. He does a lot of executive decisions or executive orders. But at the end of the day, I think it's important that we're aware of how this system works. Mm -hmm. I talked to congressmen like um, Andre Carson, Congressman Andre Carson. I talked to senators like Eddie Middleton, who was running for governor. And, you know, we've actually been able to make a difference. So I look at Trump as a television show and that he's entertaining. But at the end of the day, I still feel like I'm in control. And I know who's in control and I know how to control. So 
Anything that takes the attention of the masses to me is always a distraction. I'm not sure who he's working for. I know sometimes he does things that it would be in my best interest based on my bracket. I am in the 1%, but I have so much compassion for the 99% that I'm on the 99% side. But the problem I have with the 99% is they keep waiting for somebody to take care of them and then they be beefing when they don't. And that's the problem. If we're independent, it doesn't matter who's the president. No president, whether it was Obama, Reagan, or mm. Trump, has affected my pocket. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost, it's almost the same contrast that you can give to the entertainment industry, right? Whether it's records or music or whatever, or, or film, you know, being independent, having control, self-control over your own situation. I mean, you're able to flourish and actually not get caught up in the um, distraction of it all. I mean, if you're worried about your own shit, if you're worried about what you're doing, what somebody else is saying and doing does not concern you. You know, soldiers wait to get told what to do. Generals give orders. Mm. Generals don't have to hear what other fucking soldiers is fucking talking about because they don't affect shit. Generals have to worry about giving the right order. So they have to stay focused and they have to not be worried about perception. They have to worry about logic. They can't deal in emotion. They have to deal in what yields and the bigger picture. And that's all that counts. But a lot of people aren't built like that. A lot of people are built like, Tell me what to do and I'll listen. And I want to do what everybody else is doing. Sheeple. That's just not a relatable language to me. Mm -hmm. That's no bueno. Unless you're talking boss, I really don't understand it. So a lot of times people ask me about the language of others and I'm like, yo, I don't even understand that language of being told what to do. I don't know what that language of letting people oppress me. I don't know that language of not fighting back. I don't know that language of losing. I only know that language of winning. So that shit you talking... It just sounds like wop, 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 like Charlie Brown's fucking teacher. And, you know, that's the reason why you have to stay focused and listen to your inner voice. And what makes you happy is the W, not what makes other people happy. Well, listen, when we get out of coronavirus, besides a trip to Thailand and everywhere else that I can finally go, we want to get you in the studio where we can yeah. actually have that energy in the room and we're going to keep following um, everything with WeTV, everything Dame Dash. I'm going to get the book as soon as I can figure out how to get this Kindle Amazon. to work. I know my Kindle is yeah. tripping, but oh, I'm gonna get it. Well, yeah. Okay. Hip Hop Motivator handles all of that. You know, big shout out to him. We wrote the book together. And there's also an audio version to it too. You can listen to that on Spotify. Also, I did a rock and roll project called The Black Guns because I love doing rock and roll. I'm a rock star. And I think you like that as well. So check my Instagram, Dusko Poppington. Go to Dame Dash Studios. And also the gear, we make everything go to Poppington. And, you know, if you're independent, this should be fairly easy for you if you're healthy. If you're not, then you're going to be worried. I would kick that. I would embrace the new shit. Sometimes you got to shake shit up. Whenever there's dark, there's light coming. Whenever there's death, there's life coming. You understand what I'm saying? Billionaires get made in recessions. You, know, you just have to make sure that's you. You feel me? Well, Dame, I'm a, I'm a, I might be calling you for some advice. I got your number, so I'm going to use it. And um, in the meantime, we really appreciate you coming, bro. And um, we, we want to have you back for sure. No doubt. And Thank also, you. Come to my, you have to come to my studio as well. You know, I've, I've been to, you know, I've been to your studio. I came there with... Um, with I yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really dope spot. And you, the, vibe is, the vibe is different in every room that you go into. But I really love the artwork, everything in there. So I'm going to definitely come back. As a matter of fact, all three of us can come by. 
Don't you think it's funny that for the last two years I've had something like that, but the masses and pop culture won't speak on it? And then before that, and every year that you know me, Melissa, I've had a gallery and I've always had a building. Mm-hmm. It's never been an office. Mm-hmm. And those are the times that people were saying I'm broke. So it was funny and from you hearing the, 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 the public say I'm broke, but you physically seeing drivers, you physically seeing big buildings. Mm-hmm. How do you even trust the world after seeing shit like that? Why do you think they wanted a guy like me to look like I was wounded when I was stronger than ever and I still am? Why do you think that's the narrative, even though you visually see? You've never seen me not up. You've never seen me struggle. But why is the picture that's painted by the same people that are putting out these fucking reality shows, why is it always the opposite of what it really is when a black man that's independent with a voice is doing good, that has more taste than them? That knows more about art than them. That's all, more traveling all you gotta, than them. All you got to do. And football and box and dance. Why? All you got to do is take a look at the picture behind you and look who's right behind you. Fred Hampton. Perfect example. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a you know perfect example. Know, uh, how apropos you have him right behind you. Absolutely. You know I was made an honorary uh, Black Panther. I did not know that. I did. Mm-hmm. Was that a Hollywood ex- uh, unlocked, uncensored exclusive? Well, this was years ago. No, the know? fact that nobody knows that, or did that? Did, did, did oh, the world yeah. know? Because yeah. you said it right here. I definitely was uh, definitely made a Black Panther. And I have, um, you know, the, the book Panther Baby was written by. Uh, um, damn, I, I only want to forget his name because that's uh, not Jazz's old two. We're not going to know. But he wrote the book Panther Baby. And you know, right now my my mind's blanking because I was drinking, but I'm gonna come back. <laughs> okay, we'll continue thing. drinking, but we'll we'll continue this yeah, conversation when we're I, all out of quarantine, I, I, though. It was made an honorary Black Panther years ago. I got the pen and all that, and you know, it's always about fighting for the freedom and everything that comes with. No, for sure, and people and people like me who's independent, we appreciate what you're doing for the culture because. Then it's easy. It's 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 um Amen. it's it's more it's easier to come behind somebody like you when you've ripped the bandaid off. Because I'm definitely gonna keep ripping it off. Yep. Well, let's let, let's keep exposing them, and 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 let's keep sticking together. And you know, my platform is your platform. I'm trying to. I want to. I want to say his name. I can't not. I can't not say his name. But I want to make sure that uh, we make sure that we understand the right fight and who we fighting. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. Just give me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm bugging. Jamal Joseph, my OG. You know, my mind blank. You know what I mean? But Jamal Joseph is a Black Panther that made me an honorary Black Panther. I'll never disrespect when I say his complete name. And, you know, I was able to learn a lot of things from him. Actually, had me arguing with Black Panthers all the time. But I was able to sit with Farrakhan. He taught me how to farm. He told, he told me, yes, you're a fighter and how to be cautious and to really make sure my food was made by me. And, you know, he taught me about the GMO game. So a lot of revolutionaries have acknowledged me and said I'm fighting the right fight. And that's what makes me proud is when people like that give me my props. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We give you your props too. And we definitely want you to come back, Dame. Yes. And you got to come through. Let's do something. So we're out of here. Peace. Okay. Bye, everybody. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading.